right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're real excited here because we are finally to week-to-week episodes. Uh, that obviously means the off-season is dwindling. It is just about done. We are in preseason, and we are in the thick of it here. We are we're gonna be going once a week to help give you uh, give you some information, get you guys ready to go for uh, for draft season, and obviously that means uh, the season is right around the corner. So uh, before we get started here, might as well say hello to the fellas. Uh, we'll we'll go to uh, we'll go to Zach here. He was away from us uh, the last episode, so we'll go to him first. Zach, what uh, what's been keep you busy here the last little bit? Yeah, so like you said, I was away, and uh, we got back on. I guess on Friday, uh, Friday late at night, uh, got back from BC. Uh, my wife and I and a couple of friends went uh, went to Revelstoke, went to Kelowna. So uh, despite the smoke, we had a really good time. And sounds like we got out of there just in time as every time I turn the TV on, it's looking uh, more and more unfortunate there. So uh, hopefully everybody there is taking care of themselves and doing what they need to. Uh, but I'm happy to be home. It's my favorite time of year. One of my favorite times of year. Uh, school is coming back and uh, it's draft time. Absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're pumped. Boys are ready to go here. So we'll throw it to Armin and then we'll kind of get ourselves rolling. Armin, uh, what's been keeping you busy the last little week? I had my first rugby game in two years and oh man, I was sore the next day. The legs felt like jelly, but man, it felt good to get back out there and throw the ball around and tackle a few people at it uh your body definitely doesn't forget what it feels like but it it was it was a good time and loved every minute of it and Mm -hmm. definitely ready to go again I got a game here coming up tomorrow so I guess we're dropping on Wednesday so I got a game tonight yeah there you go (laughs) yeah so uh, hopefully uh Whiskey Jacks here in our local team in PA we can go 4-0 here and uh continue our winning streak right on right on right on Man, talking about soreness, I can relate to that. I had, uh, I was reffing the Freddy Sasakamus tournament this past week. And usually the tournament is uh, at the end of the season around like March, kind of April area there. But um, they obviously missed it because of COVID. So they wanted to have the season or have their tournament to start the season. So uh, my first, first skate in about 11 months. And uh, I worked, I think it was 16 games in three days. And I had taken almost a full day off for a wedding on Saturday. So I, uh, my feet are real sore. Like it's, uh, it's pretty bad, but the nice <laughs> the dogs little... are barking. Oh yeah. The dogs are barking. Kevin Malone put my feet in the ice bath there in the, in the ice machine in the hotel on Saturday night. Oh man, there's something else, but excited to be back on the ice, but uh, even more excited for, for fantasy season, obviously going here. We, we just, just sent out the messages to everybody. Obviously it was a little bit delayed. I, I said it was going to be good on Saturday, but with the wedding and with uh refing everything, everything kind of got put on the back burner, unfortunately for a day or two, but sent out all the messages. Uh, what days it takes? So we'd be dropping a Wednesday. We're recording Tuesday, sent everybody around noon or one o'clock on Tuesday. So we're just waiting to confirm everybody that uh, was lucky enough to get drawn and entered into the league. And once we have that, uh, those confirmed names, we can uh, share those names on the pod and let everybody know a little bit about who they are, where they're from, and who's all involved in the inaugural charity league. And uh, we're real excited for that among our 15 other <laughs> drafts we have coming up here. It's a busy time of year, but uh, but we're really excited to get it going. So um, kind of just a little bit of housekeeping stuff here, you guys, when like we mentioned, we are once a week here. Uh, so these next couple episodes getting into draft season is all going to be stuff that's going to help you prep your leagues. 
Um, talking a lot of ADP, obviously going back from last week's episode, we started diving into ADP quite seriously. Uh, we're going to be looking at guys, kind of the middle rounds where the tough decisions are kind of getting there, where maybe some of the guys that we're targeting that uh, maybe are getting slept on a little bit that can help you out with a little bit of value. Uh, we also have an episode that we're talking about that uh, we're going to certify our guys that, that uh, we're not leaving drafts without. Uh, but this week, this is going to be a fun one. This was thrown onto our plate pretty last minute, but I, I really love this idea. Um, we we're just going to kind of look at some names to talk about whether we're going to be buying or selling them. But uh, we, uh, we're putting a spin on it here. Uh, we're doing what's called fantasy football Tinder. So for those of you at home that are unfamiliar with Tinder, it's a dating app where people can put up their pictures in a short profile and you just swipe, 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 swipe. If you swipe left, you don't like them. If you swipe right, you're hoping to match with them. If you both swipe right, you match up, you message them, and uh, that's basically Tinder in a nutshell. So uh, us three are going to be proposing three names, and we are going to be deciding, deciding if we want to select, uh, swipe left or swipe right on those individuals or give the infinite super uh, the super swiper, the star, or whatever the hell it's called. It's been, a, it's been a long time since I've been on the Tinder machine here, so I can't remember what everything's even called. But um, well, we're going to talk about some names that are kind of maybe um, where they're at their ADP. Are we buying them? Are we selling them at their ADP? Do we really like them? Uh, we're going to kind of go from there too. So that's what we have on the docket today. So without further ado, uh, we'll get this episode number 15. Uh, we'll get it rolling. So uh, we're going to start with insiders and headliners. Um, we are looking at that time of year where some, sometimes the news is really nice. There's some, uh, little, little fluff pieces for guys like Antonio Gibson, looking at getting some big workload that kind of gets you really excited about fantasy season. And then there's the, uh, some of the news that kind of makes you hold your breath a little bit guys getting banged up in, in training camp and stuff like that. And then obviously a lot of those veteran guys getting released and potentially finding new teams. So that's what we're looking at here today. So um one of those ones that was kind of holding your breath we'll start off with Justin Jefferson uh he went down with a uh, shoulder injury it looked really scary and everybody's kind of holding their breath especially with a young star um and a guy that's going quite high in drafts um he's back now practicing with uh with limited role uh but obviously that's definitely something to be watching a little bit especially when you're gonna be using your your high picks like your middle second round on a guy that's a little bit nicked up now but uh um, we could have a sigh of relief. It's not a season ending injury. He's, uh, he's expected to potentially be ready to go at the start of the year. Obviously it's the timetable is still kind of up in the air, but, uh, obviously being back in limited fashion, he's, uh, he should be good to go. I'm obviously arming there Viking guy. <laughs> I'm sure he was holding his breath harder than anybody else. Your young superstar going down to a shoulder injury right off the hop. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, uh, that's preseason, man. And this is why a lot of teams, uh, don't really like it is sometimes your your stars can go down with with big injuries and just lucky that it we did uh not end up with a big season or multiple game injury to Jefferson there and I'm guessing you probably won't see much of Jefferson until week one here now so um that's just the football though you run that risk every time you put on the pads and and play in a game especially at full speed rather than just practice that you're going to potentially get injured and mm -hmm. you just that's why you limit in preseason and you don't put those stars out and and just trust that they're going to be ready come week one absolutely another big name here going high in drafts darren waller uh was not seen at practice was for for a long duration of time everybody's kind of thinking what the hell's going on with waller and is there like uh i guess first of all we'll mention that 
in the preseason, the uh, the teams and the organizations don't have to disclose all the injuries like they do during the season and say who's who's banged up, who's questionable, who's doubtful, all that kind of stuff. So teams don't really have to disclose stuff. And, and Darren Waller not being mentioned in the injury reports but not being seen at practice for a long duration of time was kind of like, well, is, does he have a, a big injury? Is he, is, is he, is he going to be hurt? Is he going to be done for a while? Like, people didn't really know. Uh, but he is back from his extended leave. Um, so all things are looking up for the direction of Darren Waller. It looks like he should be good to go. If I remember correctly, it was an ankle was kind of the mention was something was going on with him, but obviously he's back. He's back from his leave. So, so hopefully uh, he should get to go. You did see a little dip in his ADP though, for a while. I think a lot of people with the extended leave are getting a little nervous about him, but uh, in that back end, second, maybe middle third round, Zach, I know you're a guy that was high on Waller. Are you still looking to target him quite a bit or. Yeah. Until uh, I can tell there's solid uh, evidence saying that he's not going to be there for us uh, for any duration of time. I think you just have to just, you know, trust your gut. Um, if you, if you take Waller and you you're smart about it, you have potentially a, like a league winner, a, a true game changer at that position. So uh, don't let somebody else take advantage of, you know, rumors and speculation at this point. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of smaller pieces here, but uh, it's that time of year. I know everybody was hot and bothered with the Tim Tebow signing. He's going to be the next tight end. Ah, no. <laughs> if you were on the other side of the bet, uh, you would have made some money here because uh, he is, uh, he's already been released. He's not going to see a week one snap. Uh, so Tim Tebow's um, tight end season has been cut short. I, I can't see another team picking him up by any means, but the NFL has done weird things. So Tim Tebow, among two other uh, veteran uh, players, Alfred Morris from the Giants has been released, running back from the New York Giants, as well as running back Lamar Miller from the Washington football team. Um, I know maybe the Lamar Miller one kind of is – a little bit okay whatever we can move on but I think maybe it is men worth mentioning uh mentioning Alfred Morris a little bit in a short breath here so maybe somebody wants to take uh, take a swing at why we should be mentioning Alfred Morris uh I'll, I can go as somebody that owns Saquon in most if not all of my my dynasty uh leagues that I'm in um this was you know welcome news to me and I say that because they they recently signed Alfred Morris, and I, I figured they would have kept Alfred Morris, who's a proven commodity in the NFL, um, if Barkley wasn't doing well um, and he wasn't nearing a return to practice. Um, there have been reports over the past couple of days that have more, or sorry, Barkley rather, uh, practicing not full contact, wearing the red non-contact jersey like a quarterback would wear but still practicing, running, cutting, doing all that good stuff. So it definitely points into the direction of Barkley returning from injury sooner than later. And they no longer, are they deeming themselves no longer needing Alfred Morris as insurance. So for me, it was welcome news. Absolutely. Uh, a couple smaller ones here. Let's, let's dive into a couple of rookies. So Rashad Bateman, um, that one was a little bit scary. It seemed like all of a sudden it was like, okay, Rashad Bateman season over. He's done. Uh, it came back that it's not going to be months. It's going to be weeks, uh, but it's never good when you're having a surgery to start the year. So Rashad Bateman having core muscle surgery. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little scary, uh, especially 
I think he was lower on the ADP, but a lot of people are looking at potentially a huge breakout there and maybe becoming the wide receiver one for Baltimore, which maybe not a pass heavy team, but um, obviously at the ADP, it could have been quite valuable. Now his timetable is extremely questionable here after having the surgery uh, and another rookie, Elijah Moore with a quad injury. And he was kind of becoming that shining star entering into draft season as potentially the legit number one rookie tight end this upcoming season. Jamar Chase's ADP is slowly starting to drop a little bit and kind of coming back to reality. Elijah Moore is starting to continuously climb. I mean, rookie seasons, it's all kind of a question mark anyways is who's going to have the bigger breakout. But Elijah Moore's name was being thrown around a ton as this potential superstar as a rookie. But now with a quad injury, I think it's uh, kind of mellowing out those, uh, those takes a little bit as well. So two rookie receivers that um, maybe are kind of going to be uh, getting slept on a little bit especially with injury but once again it's never good to see an injury especially to a rookie who is trying to um, trying to establish himself in an offense in that rookie season so unfortunately two guys that their uh, their offseason looks like they might be cut short a little bit as well too and maybe uh, maybe dealing with a little bit of uh, next entering into the season um, two more guys we'll talk about here I got Melvin Gordon dealing with a groin injury I think that just makes a little more questions about the Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Also, is Melvin Gordon still going to be suspended? We still don't really know about that. So I think that's something to continue to monitor when you're looking at the Denver. I, I know uh, it's kind of a question mark whether you want to take one or the other. You want to stay far away. But um, I think this might just be continuously open. There's more and more opportunities opening the door for Javante Williams maybe to take that role a little bit sooner. Um, and this last one, last RB, I know, I know Armin has a take that he's – just waiting to use, waiting to use. And I don't know if it's going to be this episode or not, but Darius Geis uh, was at one point the clear cut 102. I believe that was Saquon Barkley's draft year. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, he was a yeah. clear cut yeah. 102 after Barkley in rookie drafts, um, got injured, torn ACL, was out for the year, and then kind of got himself in a little bit of trouble, uh, bounced around, uh, got cuts, looked like maybe he was going to be done. No teams picked him up, but he has been cleared from the legal system and he has been handed a six week uh, suspension, but is still unsigned. So now um, I guess with all that legal stuff being taken care of, you still have, haven't seen him since the ACL injury is a team willing to take a shot on him. I guess uh, we'll wait and see, but I know Armin's licking his chops and hoping maybe the Rams or somebody takes a swing at him <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden our trade doesn't look so bad. Too funny. That's two guys, <laughs> Melvin Gordon and uh, Darius Geis make the same news piece. And those are the two focal pieces of our trade a couple of years back there. But yeah, you know, it uh, maybe looking better on the Darius Geis side now than the Gordon side, you know, with Javante Williams coming in there and potentially taking over the number one spot in Denver. Um, and if Melvin is uh, injured, definitely accelerates that. And I, you know, Broncos aren't going to use the other running backs behind Gordon and, and Williams. They haven't in the past really like Royce Freeman has been sitting on my dynasty bench collecting dust for years now. And yeah. If I, if I had to bet, I think he gets cut. Like I, I can't yeah. see them carrying Freeman into the off season here. That might be a guy that might end up in finding himself in uh, Los Angeles too. I've seen a few, few hot takes around that, but just like guys, I wouldn't mind that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but uh, yeah, guys being suspended six weeks. I mean, we saw Hunt um, go down a similar journey and he's proven to be a good fantasy asset now. Maybe not a top tier running back like he was when he started his career, but at least he is usable in fantasy and produces some good numbers as a RB2 or 
amazing to have him as your RB3 if you're that lucky. Um, Geis, hopefully he can he can at least get to that level again. Um, but, uh, you know, um, his uh, his what he did was a little bit more serious. He had a bit more going on against him. He still has some allegations from LSU. So I don't think he's out of the woods yet. Um, so we just got to wait and see how that that unfolds as well. For sure. And our final piece here, we don't know how this is going to work out yet. This is pretty new from the preseason games this past weekend, but uh, Anthony Miller suffers a slight dislocation in his shoulder uh, during the preseason game. We'll wait and see what happens. Once again, he's not a rookie, but he's trying to establish himself in a new offense since the trade from Chicago to Houston. Um, going down an injury in the preseason makes makes things a little bit difficult for him too. So that one, we don't know exactly what the timetable is for him. If he's going to have a surgery, if not, et cetera, we don't really know that one yet. Uh, but we'll continue to monitor that going in, uh, who seems maybe potentially um, maybe potentially a fantasy value late in drafts, now uh, putting some question marks around as well too. So uh, that'll do it for insiders and headliners of this week. Obviously, we're week to week now, so uh, we'll be getting much more information as we get closer to drafts, and we'll continue to, to hand out that um, information and as well follow us on the social media platforms as well because we've been we've been hammering a lot of the uh, a lot of the trades injuries uh, big big events we've been putting on our social media as well too so continue to continue to monitor and watch on there as well um, this one I'm excited to hear well I, I shouldn't say I'm so excited because I already know one because he's uh, he's hot and bothered by this player we already know that he's almost a lock to be one of Armin's my guys here but uh, we're new keep trade cut this week um focusing on adp we are looking at the back of the first round so if you're looking at maybe your draft pick of let's say like 108 109 111 112 somewhere in that ballpark so that back in first round where it's kind of like okay the big names have gone uh who do i want to take my shot on well we're going to find out who armin schellenberg would be taking a shot on so back end first round rbs Austin Eckler, who is going as the RB10 and kind of going in that turn, the 112 to 201 spot. And we have Aaron Jones, who is going as RB9. Uh, same thing, kind of going as that 111, 112 in that position. And then Nick Chubb, who is RB7, and he is going around the 109 position. So uh, Armin, keep trade cut, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb. All right, so I pretty well stuck to the order that they're being drafted there. I'm cutting Eckler, I am trading Jones, and I am keeping Nick Chubb. Now, the reasoning behind it. Well, Eckler, I'm not as high on him. I've never really been that high on Eckler. Um, he, he's been a solid fantasy asset for, for people, but... You look at Justin Herbert, he seems to be a guy that airs the ball out. So those check downs to Eckler, I don't think they're going to come as much as they, they used to come to him. So he's not going to have his PPR value quite as high as it used to be. And then you look at his rushing stats, and he's been a decent rusher, but he's never carried the ball more than 140 times in a season. And he's never gotten over 600 yards rushing in a season. And then you also add in the fact that Eckler is not a touchdown guy, which is sometimes nice in fantasy when you don't have to rely on those touchdowns all the time. But also some guys just have a nose for the, for the end zone. And when you got a guy like that, it's great to have, which is what Jones and Chubb are. They are touchdown 
machines. Um, so just little down on Eckler compared to the other two. Now, the reason I sell Jones over Chubb, yes, I am hot and bothered over Chubb. I really like him as a player and as a, as an asset in fantasy. Um, but I think, um, a lot of people are lower on Chubb than Jones. So I think you're just going to get more haul out of Jones there. Um, and then you look at both those guys, they're both in a committee backfield. Like last year it was Jamal Williams. This year it's going to be AJ Dillon in green Bay. Um, and yeah, Jones scores a ton of touchdowns, but in the end, he, his fantasy value isn't that much greater than, than Chubb, but you're going to get more assets from him than you would get Chubb from Chubb. So that's why you keep Chubb and Chubb is a beast. Um, you, if you do a lot of research, you'll see that a lot of guys see Chubb as the best pure rusher in the NFL. Um, some people even think he's a better rusher than Derrick Henry. Um, you look at his stats, even sharing the backfield with, uh, with Kareem Hunt for a full season last year, he still almost made 1500 yards rushing last year in only 12 games. He still got over a thousand yards rushing and scored 12 touchdowns. So he, he puts up fantasy points. He's efficient. He's never had a year averaging less than five yards per carry. So even though he's getting carries cut into by Hunt, He's efficient with those carries and he is scoring touchdowns at those carries. He's also, even though people say he's not targeted in the past game, the year that he played the last year, he played a full season. He was targeted 50 times. So he does have not amazing PPR value, but he's getting past to more than, than people think. So um, I, I love Chubb. Doc agree or uh, or disagree here um i can't fault armand too much with with his ideas there i am also going to cut austin eckler um but i'm going to switch chubb and jones and we had similar ideas about why <clears throat> we want to keep the other or keep the one guy compared to the other um the reason i am going to trade chubb is because of kareem hunt um they I think they kind of cannibalize one another. Last year, Chubb finished as the RB11, while Hunt finished as the RB10 in PPR formats. And I just don't want to deal with the, the possibility of um, them riding a hot hand in Cleveland. Um, I'll stick with Jones. I'll stick with the RB5 from last year. And A.J. Dillon probably not somebody that i'm too worried about so uh but the way armin said it can't fault him for that i uh i know you guys know but uh, i'm not too sure if i've mentioned on the podcast enough but i am a huge austin eckler guy like i love <laughs> austin eckler like big time a guy that's gonna get you as many points as guys that are averaging 12 14 15 touchdowns and he gets like he averages four touchdowns a year, like and only in receiving. Like, I don't know if he's had a rushing touchdown in two years or something. He's like some stupid, stupid stat like that. But a guy that can give you that much points, and all of a sudden in a backfield that is disgusting, like backs that I just really don't care about and I, I'm not concerned about. If all of a sudden his touchdown numbers go up by three touchdowns, he's getting himself in that top five potential. And I like, I think he has that potential even without the touchdown, just because of how much 
he uh, is valued as a receiver and he is he's very, very talented. So um, <laughs> I'm not going to speak too much on the other guys. Obviously, you guys took care of him. But uh, in our one league, Zach and I actually traded and I, I traded Eckler away, which was so bizarre for how much I like him. It just I was in a rebuild situation and I ended up getting a, a young up and coming receiver and then some draft picks attached to the deal. So it um, it broke my heart a little bit, letting go of one of my favorite players in the NFL, one of my favorite fantasy players. But uh, I think I would keep him. That's just a little bit of a personal vendetta that I just really like Austin <laughs> Eckler. And I think like he's extremely talented without relying on the touchdowns. But um, obviously that's why they're all going three in a row. Right. They they're bang, bang, bang. Austin Eckler, maybe a little bit on the more slept on side. He's kind of on the turn. But if I'm like, if I'm in a turn and if I could start my draft at 112 with Travis Kelsey and then Austin Eckler at the 112 or even at 111, if I can go Kelsey at, at 11 and then I can get maybe um, maybe pick him up Eckler at like the 201 or two or like just 202. Oh, man, like. Yeah, I'm getting my guy that I would take <laughs> over those three at in the second yeah, I'd be pretty fired up about that too. So that's maybe why I like him a little bit more because he doesn't cost you as much, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Eckler guy. So do you, but, I do mean, you think Herbert's still going to target Eckler like uh, Rivers did? I think even more now with the uh, vacated targets of Hunter Henry, I think uh, Jared Cook, it's very questionable whether he still has it or not. He might eat into it a little bit more, but uh, if you don't have that check down tight end, you have to go to your running back even more. Right. So there's the possibility that his targets even go up. I mean, that's all speculation, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm a, I'm an Eckler guy and, and he's on a very, very good offense, right. With a young, talented quarterback and forget, and you're forgetting that Austin Eckler missed some time last year with injury and he still produced even after coming back from a potential season ending injury, right. When he went down was it week two, if I remember correctly, there was like, yeah, season's over. He's done. I ended up trading for him, hoping that I could maybe get him back for a playoff push. Got lucky, got him back. And he was still kind of a little bit nicked up, but he's just, he got so many targets. He was just so valuable to you. But yeah, Austin Eckler, big fan. Yeah, not to mention the Chargers have a much improved offensive line. Absolutely. So like, like you've mentioned, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy that I have Eckler. I think if the three of us are picking in that, uh, nine through 12 spot ever in a draft. I think we all walk away happy with our guy. Absolutely. That's, yeah. I'm a, I, I've for the longest time, it's kind of nice to start your drafts in that one, two, three spot. Cause you always got the Saquon's, the Zeke's, the CMC's, you know, you got those like the no brainer guys. You're waiting a bit on the turn. I, I kind of, I, maybe I'm a contrarian a little bit and I'll mention this a little bit, uh, a little bit later in my hot take, but I, I like that back end of the draft. Like there's a lot of value to have there. There's more question marks. There's no guarantees, but you're getting doubled down on some of those question marks with potential high upside. So I, I'm going to mention a little bit later in my, in my hot take, but uh, I like, I like that back end of the draft. So, you know, I think I'm going to like your hot take there because I'm liking what you were already saying and <laughs> kind of been thinking that myself. Yeah. Especially this year. Well, I I'll, I'll, I'll save it for later. I'll save it for later. Um, should we get her going into this, uh, this episode segment here, fellas? All right. We're, we're done. Okay, right on. We'll start in order here. Uh, I'll go Armin, then Zach, myself, and we'll all three rotate until our three uh, guys are done. None of us know what our guys are. We wrote down five names just in case we end up double up on some of them at all. Uh, so this will be completely random, just like when you open your phone up, you look at the picture, <laughs> read the quick bio, you're making that decision right then and there. So we're, there's no there's no pre-decisions for us here. We're going to be given the immediate decision and we'll swipe left. 
if we don't like it and swipe right if we want to keep it or you can give it the super like if that's like you are all in on that person and they happen to mention a guy that you're you're all about so uh we'll go with armin so uh fantasy football tinder give us your very first profile all right the first profile i am going to show you guys today the picture comes up and it is just his quads but it's not in blue pants it's in green pants it is aj Dillon at six feet 250 pounds he's 23 years old he comes from boston college so he's about a thousand miles away from us um, i wore my bc and... shirt today i went bu <laughs> idiot <laughs> oh, like an idiot <laughs> So we talked about him a bit already, but uh, I think I know what Zach's going to say. But uh, last year, he ran the ball 46 times for 242 yards, 5.3 yards of carry, two touchdowns. But the majority of that all came in one game where he had over 120 yards and he had both touchdowns. Um, so what are you guys doing? Swiping left or swiping right? Let's start with uh, Zach, because I don't think there's going to be a surprise there. Yeah, not uh, shouldn't be much of a surprise here. I will swipe left. I'll try my luck elsewhere. Oh, yeah. He's also RB39 off the board, ADP of 102, which is round eight, about the mid of the round, so 8.6 and 12 team leagues. Yeah. Um, if this was, uh, if this was two 30 in the morning and I'm leaving Hudson's and I see the picture of those quads, maybe I'm swiping right, but it's four in the afternoon and I'm well aware here. I'm going to swipe left. Um, I just don't know. I haven't seen enough from him yet. And his ADPs continue to rise. I think a lot of people are kind of excited about him. Uh, but I'm going to swipe left just because I feel like the touchdown regression from green Bay as a whole is going to come back. Uh, and I think the two of them are going to eat into each other a little bit, but I still think that, uh, uh, that Aaron Jones has that uh, that red zone position locked up, and I still think he's even going to continue to carry the carry the flame as the receiving back as well too. So I think uh, when I'm taking a little late round shot, AJ Dillon isn't necessarily the guy I'm looking for. So I'm going to swipe left as well. Uh, see, I'm opposite you guys. I'd swipe right, swipe right on him. I uh, I like him as a prospect, and uh, he's showing what he can do. And in that. Uh, after all the starting RBs are gone, you're looking at handcuffs and and guys who might have some standalone value. And I think he'll have a little standalone value enough that he's worth more than handcuffs. Because as a handcuff comes, if Jones goes down, he could be elite. I agree with you. But are you a little bit concerned about his continually rising ADP? Like in the last, like I'd say two, three weeks, even since I've been watching, like it's, it's climbing rounds. I mean, positions climbing rounds. So when we get into draft position and our draft, draft days in like a week to two weeks here, if he's climbing himself all the way into that seventh seventh round, are you are you still licking your chops there, Armand, or are you kind of what do you uh, think? I'll say I'm not gonna pick him before any starter, but uh, or any RBBC starter, but uh, I'll uh, I'll pick him once we start getting into handcuffs for sure. Absolutely. Okay, Zach, your uh, your Twitter profile or Twitter profile, geez, your Tinder <laughs> profile number one. Let's hear it. Alrighty, so. First up on the phone is J.K. Dobbins. J.K. is coming in at a not too bad, five foot nine, two hundred and nine pounds. Currently being drafted as the thirtieth player overall, running back seventeen, and you can get him in the middle of the third round in twelve team leagues. He is going before the likes of Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, and Miles Sanders. 
Uh, last year, his rookie season, he had 805 rushing yards, nine combined TDs, 18 receptions. And uh, as somebody that's never used Tinder, I'm not very familiar with it, but I do know you can set those age categories. <laughs> and uh, this is a guy that, you know, he might just be on the fringes of uh, the too young for me uh, slider there and uh, possibly a year or two away from being that proven back in Baltimore. So what do you guys think? Uh, Armin, do you want to go? All right, I'll start it. You know, if, if I've seen a friend already swipe right on uh, Chris Carson there, I think I'll, I'll swipe right on JK Dobbins. It's a, this one is a pretty tough one, Zach. Um, I do like his explosiveness. I liked him coming out of the draft. I thought he was right in line with JT and, uh, and, uh, who was the third back that was highly touted there? Um, Swift. Yeah, Swift. I liked him better than Swift, and he was right in line with JT for me coming out of the draft. So I, I like Dobbins, and in that run-heavy offense in Baltimore, Baltimore, he's kind of taking that Mark Ingram role, I think, and they're going to run the ball a ton. So I'll, I'll swipe right on Dobbins. I'm, uh, I am going to swipe left. Just in that range, like I don't get me wrong, I like Dobbins, but in that range, there's guys that I like more, and that's still a three-headed monster. When you get down to the red zone, last year you saw it constantly. He was pulled out, and they're putting in uh, what's his name there? Sorry, it's blanking on me. The Edwards. Gus Bus. Gus Bus. Yeah, Gus Edwards. Yeah. He was vulturing red zone carries like nobody's business. And at the end of the day, even Gus is not the number one carry in the red zone. It's Lamar Jackson. So when you look <laughs> at it. He was super efficient with touchdowns last year while he was never in the red zone. He never got carries in the red zone, like almost never. So um, I think that his efficiency is going to collapse a little bit. I think he's still going to be very valuable. But in that position of the draft, I'm looking for guys that are a little bit more established. And there's guys that have higher upside, like guys like Chris Carson. I've been very vocal about Chris Carson and my, my factuation with him. Uh, so like you mentioned, if a guy swiping right on Carson first, uh, I'm, I'm that guy. I swiped on Carson first, and then, then maybe you're hammering that right on, uh, on Dobbins. So I, I'm going to swipe left on Dobbins. I, uh, I agree with you, Jordan. Uh, there in the third round, you're not exactly getting any tens when it comes to running backs. All those running backs in that range have, have some question marks. Um, but uh, I agree with you. I would rather put my faith in a Chris Carson or, or even like a, a Josh Jacobs before I put my faith in a JK Dobbins. Yeah. We might be completely wrong. And maybe <laughs> next year he's, he's like the running back five and he just should have taken that shot in that little baby. Yeah. Had the, uh, had all the, we'd be licking our chops all of a sudden, two years later, the, what's it called? The glow up all of a sudden yeah, a year exactly. later, we're like, ah, dummies, idiot. Yeah. That's what makes this one such a slider good for the age. Yeah. All right. So here I'll go with my, uh, my Tinder profile, number one, and this Tinder profile, um, th this one used to be the, the hot girl and maybe the hot girl kind of Ooh. fell off the wagon a little bit and maybe is sliding a little bit. And I want to know if maybe the slide is still worth it for you guys to swipe. Or maybe you think uh, it's it's over. So uh, my profile is a 25-year-old Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews uh, in 2019 finished as the tight end number two. And this past season in 2020 finished as the tight end five. 
and right now is ADP tight end five, tight end six. It kind of goes hand in hand right now with a young, hot Kyle Pitts. Um, so ADP tight end five going around the uh, in 411. So kind of in the back end of the fourth, maybe early fifth. Uh, it was it was right about 504 about a week ago, but right now it just climbed a little bit back up into the fourth. Um, he has the seventh strength of schedule, so one of the easier schedules for tight ends of this upcoming season. Uh, and in his first three years, he has 2,105 yards and 20 touchdowns. Uh, this past season maybe it was a little bit of a dip. Um, there's a lot of questions. Maybe it's because of Lamar Jackson and you can't throw the ball, but we talked about a wide receiver one and there is no wide receiver one because Mark Andrews has always been that wide receiver one, but his ADP is sliding, uh, with a, maybe a little bit of a lower finish and some other tight ends, some hot tight ends coming up. There's a young, hot TJ Hawkinson, a young, hot Kyle Pitts. Uh, maybe those are the ones maybe you want to be swiping on, but, uh, if Mark Andrews comes up on your guys' Tinder machine, are you guys swiping left or swiping right? Zach, you go first on All this right. one. I will swipe right uh, for a couple of reasons. That beard alone is enough reason to swipe right. Um, <laughs> but uh, don't get hung up on last year's production. I think the production we saw two years ago is more likely in line with what we can expect to see from from mark uh last year um he dealt with uh, some injury issues as well as some COVID issues and i think that might have really impacted him so i'm expecting big things from andrews for for this year i think he could easily fall into the the top three tight ends um but i think the top four tight ends is probably more realistic for him and and like i mentioned with waller earlier on um, if you can get a real difference maker at that position, you are well on your way to fantasy success. So swipe right. All right. At that position where he's sitting right now, he is in that range of being one of the most proven tight ends in the league right now behind Kelsey Waller and Kittle. And he's going behind some guys that are younger and haven't proven that they can produce at that level yet. So I'd agree with Zach. You you swipe right on Andrews. Like that's a that's a sexy man right there. And he's uh he Jackson had a bit of a regression last year in his uh his passing, but I think this year we're gonna see a new and improved passing uh Lamar Jackson and I I shared it on uh one of our first podcast there when we did guess who and I stumped you guys with how good his stats actually were in uh I think it was 2019 with passing and he he led the league in in um, passing yards and he, he even broke a record for the most touchdowns in a season right so you gotta hope that that comes back and with that rushing upside of Jackson bringing more players into the box that should leave a lot of room for Andrews to operate in that in and around those linebackers. Cause they're going to be trying to pinch up to stop the run. For sure. I think, uh, I think this one is kind of like your personal opinion. Like maybe, maybe you're on Tinder and you're looking for kind of the, the, the hot young quick pickup, then maybe this isn't your guy, but maybe if you're on the old Tinder machine and you're looking for, for Mr. And Mrs. Right. And you're looking to settle down and then maybe find somebody proven, 
uh, this this might be your bet. Like, if you're looking for the young, hot TJ Hawks and Kyle Pitts, there's no guarantee there. They're just thinking there's the big jump. But Mark Andrews has proven nothing but steady and target hog. So maybe maybe you're looking for the uh, the settled down Mark Andrews, and I will be swiping on Mark Andrews right big time. I I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mark Andrews, especially at who I have ranked as the tight end three this year. I'm getting him at tight end five, maybe tight end six, price in the fifth. By that point, I can go running back, running back, running back, wide receiver one, then my tight end one. Yeah, that's uh, that's a start. I'll be licking my chops, so I'll be uh, I'll be swiping right on that one for sure. Let's uh, let's hear your uh, Tinder profile number two, Armand. All right, I am sticking with the tight end theme here. The profile coming up here. He's been the number two guy behind uh, Zach Ertz for a little while. We're going Dallas Goddard here. He's currently being drafted as tight end seven, um, ADP of around 80. So that puts him kind of in the transition from round six to round seven, late six, early seven, where you're going to get him. Um, where are you guys uh, swiping him to? I'll give you a little bit of a, info here he has been um looking decent last year sharing the field with uh with Ertz he put up 524 yards and he put up 607 in 2019 the year Ertz was going off so what do you guys think I can go first here so this is maybe a situation where you uh you're looking at your tinder and then you find somebody that's extremely unattractive like Ertz with his bleach blonde hair. And then you've seen the next person you ought to think, okay, it's got to swipe right to get back on the train, but I'm swiping left here, even though Ertz with his bleach blonde hair, I think he's washed. And I hope maybe there's a chance that uh, he does get it back going. But um, in those middle round tight ends, I'm avoiding them big time just because you're paying a premium for guys that are still pretty unproven. Like you'll maybe looking at Noah Fant, uh, a Goddard, uh, those types of guys where you're maybe getting the same production as like a Tyler Higby or the same production as maybe like a Jonu Smith, who are all guys that are going with relatively almost your last pick of the draft. Uh, so instead of burning my seventh, eighth, ninth round, whatever the ADP was, I, I missed that. Um, maybe I'm going to be waiting and I'm going to maybe try and find something better later in the night. Maybe instead of uh, locking myself down on a right hand, a right swipe at nine in the nine in the evening, maybe I'm going to wait until one or two. Maybe I find something better. Sometimes that may may prove me wrong. Maybe there's nothing better at later drafts, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out to maybe see if I can find something a little better. Sorry, Jordan. I, I like your analysis of Ertz there, but the the guy I brought up, maybe I didn't make it clear, was Goddard is <laughs> the one the one I wanted to talk about. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Dallas oh, Goddard. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Ertz is the guy that's first and uh, you almost panic swipe right on the next guy. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm avoiding Dallas Goddard. All right. I, I have to agree with you there, JC. I am swiping left on, uh, on Goddard. Um, not because I don't think he's, you know, a good football player, uh, like a serviceable tight end. I just think if you can't get one of those top four guys, even those top five guys, it's just not the juice isn't worth the squeeze at that point. I would rather sit back and maybe get like a third running back or get myself a really good third receiver and pick up a somebody that that I also consider a dice roll at tight end, you know, two, three, four rounds later. And those guys that you mentioned, like a uh, Tyler Higby, Janu Smith, those are the guys that I'd be interested in 
if I was staring down the barrel at Dallas Goddard. You can also at that point late in the draft, you can go double down on guys like those, like you said, like we mentioned, both Tyler Higby, those are both guys I think that would have a pretty good opportunity, but there's also uh, guys we're, we're both high on Adam Troutman. You can burn your very last pick on, on him, go double down tight ends. And then you're going to know right away, you could drop one of them. And then you're just playing the kind of the, the roulette of, of tight ends kind of late in drafts too, but you're not burning the burning valuable picks. At least you're, you're literally throwing away your last pick. So. Yeah. Now maybe in uh, in a week or two, if Ertz gets wiped up and he gets sent off to to Indy or to Buffalo, I might change my tune. But with what we know now, swiping left on uh, on Goddard, and that's that's I hard to say because especially with the reports coming out of camp right now that Ertz has been looking really good. Uh, I mean, obviously you put the helmet on, the bleach blonde hair goes away, so it's a little <laughs> bit easier to look better than when you can't see that highlighter from space. But uh, uh, maybe you're. At that position, you're splitting tight end targets, which are not very valuable to begin with unless you are that top three guy. Uh, so like you mentioned, it, it's tough. It's tough when you're splitting targets with two guys that aren't really those high-profile guys. It's not like we're sitting here talking about Aaron Hernandez and, and Gronkowski, right, where you're very happy with having either one. I, I think that's a situation. It's not, not even close to that. So, Yeah, I agree with both you guys there, swiping left on Goddard. Um, you can get some good value, like you said. And another thing, too, is the guy that fed Ertz and the tight ends in Philly all those years is gone. Wentz yeah. is no longer the guy feeding the tight ends. It's now um, Hertz, and I haven't seen much to show me that Hertz loves the tight ends. He just loves to run. Yeah. Number two, Zach, let's hear it. All right. So you open up the phone and you find yourself looking at a a stud an absolute 10 you're looking at josh allen this young man is 25 years old stands a staggering six foot five 237 pounds he is currently being drafted as the qb2 uh which is a third and coming off the board as the 32nd overall player and you can get him mid to late third round He's going before the likes of Allen Robinson, C.D. Lamb, and Mike Evans. Last year in his career year, he had a 69% completion percentage, 4,544 passing yards, 37 passing TDs, and 8 rushing TDs. This is a guy that's going to take you to uh, for some beer and wings in old uh, Chili Buffalo. He's... Uh, <laughs> he's there for a good time so what do you guys think and he'll uh, pay for it all too yeah with this new with this big money exactly. um so here's my here's my thought process if i was uh, going on the tinder machine at this point um i'm not looking for the young guy that's talking about his dad the lawyer with lots of money and he's bashing through tables and partying and stuff i may be looking for somebody that i'm going to settle down with and maybe look for the future mr and mrs jordan carrier there so uh, maybe if I was uh, young and dumb and didn't understand the value late at drafts, maybe I'd be looking for the partier and let's have a good time. But uh, I'm a little older and wiser and I know things a little better now. So I know that there's a lot of value to be had later on in, in life. And you kind of want to find that person that you can hold on to for a long duration of time and kind of and kind of enjoy life together. So by enjoying life, I'm going to be picking up the, uh, the RBs early on and picking up a quarterback late. Uh, I know I've said on the podcast lots, I'm a late quarterback guy. There's lots of value to be had. The Matthew Staffords, the Ryan Tannehills, the, 
even now Jalen Hurts kind of sliding a little bit. Um, there's 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 lots of value to be had with those later guys that you can pick up in the eighth, ninth, tenth, even potentially later, depending on your home leagues when they take the quarterbacks. So at this point in my life, I'm I'm older and wiser. I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for something stable, not something that's going to uh, cost me a lot, and uh, and my body's gonna be sore from partying hard with those with those young whippersnappers out there. So I'm going to swipe a left. It's not what I'm looking for. You know, with me with quarterbacks, I'm I'm not quite as uh, as enjoy it as as you, Jordan. But uh, you know, I, I I like to have uh, the more settled down, but uh, someone who likes to go on adventures too sometimes. <laughs> still, so I don't wait quite as long. End result, I'm still gonna swipe left on Josh Allen here at the the QB two in the second round here, but. Uh, I'd probably be picking up more around that Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, a guy who can, who can put up big numbers and take you for a ride sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I, th- I think we're, I think we're all in agreement here then. Um, I will swipe left as well. Uh, I will sell Josh Allen. Uh, my wife is five feet tall. So six foot five is just too big for me. Um, <laughs> kidding um but like in all honesty we've already seen the best of of josh allen uh we've seen him put up like a mvp caliber season and i'm all about finding value i don't like paying you know like the the top price for somebody in drafts and i think getting a quarterback mid to late third round is it's just not smart it's not the best way to draft i will let somebody in my work draft take the quarterbacks early and i will just collect value all day um josh allen great quarterback great fantasy quarterback but not on any of my teams not today quick quick question for you how uh, how far so to keep on the tinder here how many uh, how many years of uh, growth and maturity and by that i mean rounds of dropping you think he has to get before maybe you're gonna you're gonna hammer on josh allen you know what if he was sitting there after i had two and two so two running backs two quarter two two running backs two receivers yeah if he's there round five round six i might uh i might break all my rules for the right one yeah i think uh i think i'm with you on that one like round five round six is kind of where it's like if there is value, I'll take it. If not, I'm kind of moving. It's kind of like the tight ends too, you know, like those, those big names, you kind of like, okay, I don't want to take one too early, but you can find them in the sweet spot. I, maybe I'm agreeing with you. What about you, Armin? You agree or disagree? Or it's like, here's Russell Wilson, yeah. still your guy. I think you've had him four <laughs> years in a row in our staff league. Because Russ has that value where he sits, man. He can put up a 40 point night. And that, that's kind of where I, with Josh Allen too, right? He's a guy like you're going to put up big points. It's when that, that difference between the amount of points he gets um, is greater than like almost double what you're going to get from that wide receiver or running back that you can pick up at that position. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause you can only start one QB and all the, there's so many QBs that can put up big numbers on any given week. Sue. So you yeah. just, that fifth, sixth round is, is a good time. All right, I will dish you guys my uh, my Tinder profile number two. 
And uh, this Tinder profile is uh, is young, but maybe uh, maybe not what you're looking for. Maybe is what you're looking for. So let's see if you want to swipe left or right on this individual, on uh, on a profile that maybe the first couple pictures didn't look super nice, but you hung around long enough to keep looking through the photos, and all of a sudden it was just smoke shows on the last couple slides. We're talking about David Montgomery. Okay, if you look those first couple pictures at the start of the year, they weren't all that pretty, especially with what was costing you for David Montgomery. But if you uh, if you kept looking through those photos and you hung around long enough, you reaped the rewards of RB number two from week 12 on. So David Montgomery's season splits were quite serious. He finished as a uh, running back. He finished with running back number six, which is, is really crazy to see where he uh, kind of started. Uh, he's currently at ADP RB 15 and being drafted around the 304 spot. Uh, he's got the 15th uh, strength of schedule season, kind of right in the middle. He sees Green Bay twice, Detroit twice, so those are kind of a wash. And then the Vikings, who really knows at that point. Um, so seeing NFC North right now is kind of a little bit maybe easier than it has been in the past couple of years. Um, but one thing that I will mention there, um, he averaged 15.29 points per game. That's with the bad games and obviously the incredible games at the end of the season. Uh, but he did battle a groin injury that was almost like a, uh, he it sounded like a season engine season ending injury in preseason. Uh, so maybe that's a reason why he uh, had a slow start and maybe now the glow up uh, we're kind of fading the glow up. Maybe we think it's uh, maybe um, pretend or photoshopped. We don't really know here. So going around guys like Kittle Waller, um, Allen Swift, Dobbins, McLaurin, um, do you believe the hype? Do you believe the pitchers or are you getting catfished here? David Montgomery swapping, swiping left or swiping right? I will, I'll go ahead and I'll swipe right on, on Montgomery. Um, I have Montgomery in a couple of dynasty leagues I have, and I had him on a couple of redraft leagues last year and he won me a decent chunk of change in a couple of leagues. So um, maybe it's just out of, loyalty and faithfulness i will stay with montgomery i think you are getting a potential top 10 running back in the third round that's what i was talking about with josh allen that's getting somebody with high upside in the later rounds i would much rather take montgomery in the third than josh allen in the third um so give me montgomery all day long Herman, you gave him a whoa. Are you uh, are you the contrarian here? I I think I am. You know he's he's hurt me too many times. You know left you think me, you, you think Montgomery's the forty five year old man hiding yeah. behind the twenty year old pitchers? Yeah, he uh, he's hurt me. He's he's catfished me. You know I I don't a hundred percent trust Montgomery yet, and it may bite me in the butt later. I may be looking at it being like, oh, I could have had him, but I didn't. And you know what? I'll live with that, knowing who I can get there, right? Uh, he's going around George Kittle. At that point in the draft, if I'm picking up a tight end one like George Kittle after picking up two running backs already or running back receiver, you know, I'm, I'd be pretty happy with that. Or I'd rather, we talked about him already, have J.K. Dobbins and then Montgomery right now. Um, another, I know it's first week of the preseason but Khalil Herbert he looked pretty good didn't he there's some hype coming around from him yeah <laughs> yeah it's that time of year where <laughs> there's hype piece after hype piece 
Yeah, where that fourth string running back busts like Makes two one cut yard like, runs. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, against a so bunch hard. of uh, <laughs> against a bunch of construction workers and uh, yeah. Yeah. like restaurant servers. Yeah, the the middle linebacker is pumping gas three weeks ago, and then he just got absolutely yeah. unraveled. It's like, oh yeah, he looked good. He looked yeah. good, and he's going back to the so in three weeks too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna what? swipe. I'm gonna swipe right on Monty here. Um. I, I started dating Mon- Monty uh, before he was the hot one. And, uh, and I got lucky that uh, my ninth round pick in Armin's keeper league is now, uh, now mine and locked down. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep Monty here, especially with that incredible value. I, you can't go wrong, but uh, I think I'm going to bleed a little bit. I, I actually, I, I think I mentioned it on last week's pod about that injury thing. And I completely forgot that I was listening to another pod and they mentioned that. And I'm like, you're right, because I drafted last year Tariq Cohen thinking I was just the sneakiest guy in the world. Like I drafted Tariq Cohen, who had huge receiving upside and then could take over the load because what if Montgomery doesn't play? And then Cohen like blew his leg, like blew his knee the first game or whatever the heck it was. I can't remember exactly how that all shook down. And then it was like, okay, what's going to happen in Chicago? And then Montgomery played and we kept moving on. We all forgot about it. So I don't know if that's the whole reason why he struggled maybe the first half of the season. Then he played bad teams. Well, it doesn't really matter. Like you put up big numbers, you put up big numbers. That's you, you can't take those away, but I do. I'm, I'm believing a little bit about that groin injury. Maybe that's why he did struggle so much. And to get um, like, like Zach said, a, a very solid running back on a team that is committed to run the ball. Um, I think, uh, I think I would like that thing. Let's just say, like, I'm obviously high on CEH. He's going kind of at the start of the third, back in second. So he's going to go a little bit before Monty. But I think, I think as a consensus, the community is like the fantasy community is sleeping on him. So I think he's a, an undervalued asset for your team, especially as a potential RB2 or RB3 at that point. Yeah, I agree. You could definitely take over. And it looks like Cohen could possibly miss a little bit more as well. Yeah, I think he is toast. I think he is, unfortunately. Uh, long in the tooth for the for the NFL, but um, Armand, your final Tinder profile. All right, so you open up your phone to this one, and bam, you have a beautiful specimen of six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. He can run like the wind, and it turns out he's also he's not from the states. He's Canadian. It's Mapletron, Chase Claypool, going around wide receiver 26, 67th off the board, round mid-fifth round here. He's getting drafted after Deontay Johnson, his teammate, and before Juju, so he's being drafted in the middle of the Steelers um, receivers. Um, and the other guys around him are Chase Edmonds, OBJ, Kenny G, Javante Williams, Michael Thomas, T. Higgins, um, Mostert, Sutton, those kind of guys. I'll let you go first, Zach. I'm curious. All right. You got a good well, rebuttal here. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, just like a few hours ago, Twitter was lighting up with uh, Claypool getting hurt at practice and yeah. having to be helped off the field. So um, I, might, uh, I might have egg on my face for this, but I'm going to swipe left. Um, not that I don't like Claypool or not that I don't think he's, you know, somebody that can really produce. Um, 
I just don't want to be going out with somebody and worrying about their friends. Um, there are too many mouths to feed in that offense. And with Johnson and Smith Schuster as proven commodities, um, I think much like uh, the Chubb and Hunt from earlier on, I think the three of them will cannibalize one another, not to mention uh, Najee Harris coming in at running back. So um, I think I could do better at that, uh, at that price point. Yeah. I, you took a couple of words on my mouth. They're obviously about the injury. So I'm, uh, I'm hearing rumors about him. Maybe he's not faithful. Maybe he's, you know, there, we don't know yet exactly if it's the truth, if he's actually going to be out or not, but you're hearing the murmurs. So it's uh, do you, do you believe in him or not? Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to fortunately swipe left, not to say that I don't find him very attractive and very appealing. Uh, I just like the, the uh, I like his brother or sister or whatever our comparison here is his, his companion, his relative, his cousin, whatever the uh, I like Deontay Johnson. I like the, uh, how fast the ball was getting out of uh, big Ben's hands and into Deontay's on those quick, short routes. Um, he's a target machine and Ben is obviously very short for the league here uh, remaining in time. And when you're that old and you have that serious of an injury, you, you don't go back into your prime. Obviously, I, I think it's kind of almost the end for him, unfortunately, on a very long and prestigious career. Uh, so I'm going to take the guy that's going to take the under routes, the quick routes, and be getting pepper fed the ball uh, in the, approximately the same position. Uh, I have Claypool in a dynasty league. I really like the prospect of him. I think he even, even has a potential for another breakout, another step forward. Uh, but I'm going to take the proven commodity and proven target machine on Deontay Johnson. I see. I see. See, I'm going to go a little contrary to you guys and it might not pay off this year. Um, but next year I think it definitely would, but I'm going to swipe right on chase. Um, he's the best looking of the group. And like you've said before, Jordan, I think cream rises to the top, right? And I think he is the best receiver out of those three. And hopefully uh, Haskins takes over that starting job mid-season. Yeah, I, it's so funny in this that room, like how everybody's like, oh, is it Deontay? Is it Claypool? And everybody's just like, Juju is a piece of meat. It's just like pushed to the <laughs> side. But they all go right around the same draft spot. And really, like, is it going to be a, a literally a 33% split or is somebody going to take take the take the reins and jump forward i think juju led them in points out of the three of them if i'm not mistaken but we're all like not juju you're third sorry like kick rocks <laughs> but like maybe maybe juju is the one that's like wants to go out for beers and wings with you and hang out with you but you're like no like the other ones are sexier than you so i'm just gonna leave you to side but really you're the best personality and probably who i want to spend the most time with but you're like no you're not the hot pick so sorry but maybe we're fading juju a little bit like I know Zach, you mentioned Juju getting him. It was in the ninth round in your in your Scotty Fish or something like that. Like, yeah, it was late. Yeah, wide that, receiver, my wide receiver three. Yeah, so that's uh, that's extremely good value on somebody that could easily take the job, right? We we don't know. Like, we're all talking about these other two because they're the young, sexy picks. But I gotta remember what Juju is. He twenty five years old with four years in the NFL experience already. Like, yeah, he's still a baby. Yeah, he's yeah, a kid. He's on TikTok. Yeah. Oh, hard on TikTok, big, big time. TikTok guy. Maybe that's why we're fading. I'm not mature enough yet. We don't know. <laughs> hard to say. Uh, Zach, you want to feed us your uh, your number two? Or sorry, number uh, three. My apology. Yeah, you bet. So, 
Uh, it's getting a little bit later in the evening and you check the old app there and staring you back in the face is William Vincent Fuller the fifth will fuller standing at six feet tall 184 pounds uh he's being drafted as the wide receiver 40 uh the 99th player overall and you can get him in the early ninth round he is going before the likes of jarvis landry james connor and curtis samuels uh last year in 11 games he had 53 receptions 879 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, one thing to note about Will Fuller, he does have some commitment issues. Um, can't always count on him to be there for you, uh, whether it's injuries or suspensions. But when he's there, the highs are high. The good times are great. What do you guys think? I am uh, I am sitting there looking at Will Fuller. And Will Fuller wears a lot of makeup, a lot of Photoshop, Obviously, uh, it's coming back to bite him in the butt. He's going to be missing time for faking so much. So I think that maybe those first couple pitchers that we've seen with a high-flying offense was all to do with Photoshop and makeup and not truly who Will Fuller is. We didn't see really anything at the point before. Uh, we went on a couple hikes with him, went on a, a first date or two, uh, went hiking, fell down, hurt himself. Go for dinner, stabs himself with a fork, hurts himself. And then finally, it's like, all right, let's try a third date. And then just lathered up the makeup and truly wasn't who he was. So um, I'm going to swipe left because I think what we've seen from him is a, an injury-prone person who needed to use outside performance enhancing things to make himself look more appealing. So even at his draft cost, it gets maybe like, oh, maybe i'll give will fuller another chance but then you find out that uh his dad is super crazy and uh the family's crazy and it scares you because all of a sudden the quarterback situation is scary and you're like nope i'm out i'm out doesn't matter how appealing you get maybe i want to come back and uh and and uh do do try this dating thing again for this person and and re-repeat but no you got to remember it's a scary situation with somebody that uh that maybe is uh, obviously got a lot of baggage to carry. So I am out on Will Fuller, left swipe. Yeah, Will Fuller, he's a toxic relationship. You don't want to get into that <laughs> one at all. Uh, I'm a swipe left immediately, especially when I'm looking at this ADP here. I'm looking at the website right now. And, you know, it's kind of funny. He's going only five spots before the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But I'd rather have a lot of those other guys around him. Like you wait until this ninth round to get Jalen hurts. Who's going right before him. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll take that rushing upside QB and wait for that rather than take Will Fuller or even have him as my backup QB. Um, Jarvis Landry, you mentioned him. People sleep on him a lot. You know, like I swipe right hard on Jarvis there. He is consistently in the top 20 for wide receivers and you get him way down in the 10th, 11th or whatever round, ninth, 10th round. Landry is way better looking than Fuller. He's dependable. He's going to be there to hold your hand. He's going to, he's going to hold you while you're crying in, in the shower at night because you, you just lost your game. <laughs> Landry is dependable. 
take him way before Fuller, man. Oh, man, what an analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. Never been sad while being held in the shower, so I don't know what you guys are up to. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A little bit different here, but I am going to to swipe right on Will Fuller. Um, And I even considered doing the the super swipe for Will Fuller as the wide receiver 40 um, as the 99th player overall. I think you could do a lot worse Um, in 11 games. He put up wide receiver two numbers and now, yeah, I know you got to deal with a few issues here. Um, You know, first and foremost health and then the suspension to start the year, but I think you could do a lot worse. And if he's able to play anywhere close to a full season, I think he's going to have wide receiver two potential with, you know, if he hits that maybe even low end wide receiver two potential. Um, but that's a, that's a big ask for a guy that's never played more than 14 games in a season. Um, but something else to consider also is, in free agency, the Dolphins signed Will Fuller relatively quickly. Um, at the draft, they drafted Jalen Waddle. Both these guys have very similar profiles as far as athleticism and size. So I think that is an ingredient that the Dolphins are, or rather that the Dolphins identified and they decided they needed to, uh, you know, to solve, to fix. So I do think they're going to use both of those guys a lot this season, but hopefully Fuller is the one that gets the most, uh, the most work. Your quote of uh, I could do a lot worse. Sounds like the 3 a.m. Hudson uh, model. I think <laughs> I could do a lot worse. Yeah. I'm still swiping. Right. I think or left, sorry, swiping left. I thought I convinced you. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. Like at that point, like you're taking shots and you got a guy that was arguably a wide receiver one, right. It's just, do you want to be in a toxic relationship for a, for a duration of time and hold your breath every time you pluck them in your roster or, or do you want to take your shot and hope to maybe find a diamond in the rough, I guess, but I'll tell you what, this guy is a best ball darling. Yeah. Oh yeah. And best ball. I'd, I'd swipe right for him in best yeah. ball. But... If I'm playing best ball and I'm a three, then yeah, I'm going to be all over Will Fleur cause I'm not doing much better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. I'm going to wrap this up here with my loss that I'm trying to pick. I'll do this one here. Uh, this one, he just came out of a, uh, a long-term relationship. So he is entering the league at an older age than most because he was committed to Alabama for the full stint. Unfortunately, after uh, running the course of Alabama, uh, has now become single and ready to mingle. So Najee Harris at age 23, uh, rookie for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, who have the third strength of schedule. So a little bit of a double-edged sword here, a very easy schedule potentially for running back. I mean, you can't, you can't really buy into the strength schedule too much because the defense has changed quite a bit, but uh, perception of a third easiest strength schedule is very juicy, but the double-edged sword is that, their off, uh, offensive line took a huge hit. So that offensive line is ranked by PFF at the 29th overall in the position, which is not very good. Uh, so Najee Harris is being drafted as the RB11 off the board and around the 203 position. 
So ADP as we get close to draft season is starting to climb a little bit. It was around the late second, early third, but we are approaching the middle to early second round. Uh, so he has a potential for a huge workload coming up with a pretty irrelevant uh, backups at the position and on a team that is a uh, very, very committed. They're, they're hard commitment and very, very, um, so we're looking for here. Um, they value the individual and they treat you right. And meaning that they, uh, they pump you with, pump you with uh, all opportunities and uh, they don't really share. They're very monogamous to the position. So uh, when you see this person, they're going around Austin Eckler, Stefan Diggs, uh, Hopkins, Gibson, and uh, DK Metcalf. So when you see this Najee Harris fresh off, fresh off a relationship and single and ready to mingle, are you swiping left or swiping right on Najee Harris? I'll go first on this one. Um, I had the opportunity to draft Najee Harris in a rookie draft this year with the 101 and uh i traded him for uh antonio gibson and we swapped uh late round first picks so i got the 109 and he got the 111 um so i'm gonna stay stay on brand and i'm gonna say i'm gonna swipe left on on naji the the offensive line is is poor like you mentioned and they they clearly have a commitment to the passing game with those those three uh, high end receivers. Um, I think he's going to produce, but it's going to be all based on volume. Um, I think they they have a good chance that they're just going to feed him the ball, but he's not going to have you know any real efficiency to his game. So with that said, I would much rather go ahead and draft Antonio Gibson who is, you know, he's rated as the running back 12 compared to Harris, the running back 11. I'd go with CEH, running back 14. And I might be tempted to go with, you know, even David Montgomery, running back 16. Um, I just don't think this is Harris's year. Harmon? You know, yeah, you're sitting looking at that one and it's very tempting to swipe, right? Like it's the Steelers running back number one like usually that ends up being a recipe for success but i think you you do have to zach put up some good points there swipe swipe left there like gibson's there he's more proven he's gonna have that more of that backfield to himself and he's got a lot of ppr upside too Najee does as well um but then you got mix in there you gotta hope he puts in a full season um so i think just the value is not not quite there he might be almost this year ceh where where he's climbing almost a little bit too high before before he should be drafted if you uh if you asked me this question about a week ago i think i'm giving this a super swipe to be honest um he is so tempting and not just because yes the the offensive line is terrible but when you look at Jacksonville last year, they had the worst rated offensive line and look at James Robinson still put up massive numbers. Okay. So why I like Najee Harris isn't even necessarily about his run game, which he is a hard runner. There's a reason he was a clear cut one from the running back draft class this past season, but it's because what he can do with the ball in his hands and he is a dynamic ball catcher and he is incredible with ball and space. So I'm going to swipe right, but it's very tentative. 
because I'm concerned maybe Najee Harris will get back with uh, with the X or something, and it's gonna it's gonna burn me. He's gonna get back with Ceh, and the draft <laughs> draft price is gonna climb too high. But um, at the at the middle of the second round, if I start my draft with like a Austin Eckler, a Aaron Jones, a like we talked about Nick Chubb, the guys we just finished talking about, and then I can come back on the turn and take like a Najee Harris as my RB two with serious upside. I, I like that quite a bit. Obviously, I like it more when you're getting into the late second and early thirds. Um, but I think as the draft season progresses, he's going to keep hanging around that mid to early second. Uh, so if I have a safe floor like a Nick Chubb, then I'm going to uh, I'm going to love Najee Harris, especially with what he can do with the ball in his hands. So maybe um, and and part of that is that I'm not concerned about who's behind him in the pre, uh, pre, couple preseason games we've seen him. He's carrying the full workload. He looks dynamic. He's been unreal with the ball in his hands, and really, there's nobody else coming in to take the touches. So. It's, a, it's another opportunity uh, for him to continually get fed the ball. And like we mentioned with, uh, with Ben Roethlisberger, that ball's coming out of his hands quick. So we'll maybe look at Najee with some swings, with some screens. And like I mentioned, when you get him in space, uh, look out, he is, uh, he is elite. So I'm going to swipe right, but it's a tentative right. <laughs> You're getting close to convincing me there, Jordan. <laughs> this is one where I, I'd be sitting on my phone looking at it now, being like, oh, God. If it comes draft time and I have him on the clock at this position, I might take the full clock here. <laughs> yeah, we all know somebody like that in our leagues. Talking yeah. about you, David Cito. <laughs> um, anybody else maybe you want to mention out here, fellas? I know we had five. Do we any have any repeats? No, no. Uh, none of you guys stole any of the guys that I came up with. Armin, did you have any repeats? No, you guys didn't steal any of my guys either. Let's uh, maybe just we'll, let's mention them. We won't talk about them. We'll let the uh, fans base decide whether they would swipe left or right on this. So Armin, who's your two extras you had? My two extras. Okay. I had uh, Jamal Williams at uh, 47th RB off the board, ADP in the super swipe. It's over. I'm married. Jamal Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I had, had the other Canadian receiver, Josh Palmer, going. 83rd receiver off the board at 255 ADP. So pretty much undrafted there around 22. If you're going that deep, um, that one, I actually really like, I'd super swipe Palmer. I think with Herbert being young, Palmer could come in and steal that wide receiver one spot. Exactly. I know right. that's a hot take, but uh, it could happen. That is spicy. You got to go hop in the shower and get cuddled there. That is too hot. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> too hot. Okay, I, I can I could buy taking over Mike Williams, but taking over uh, taking Keenan over the Allen. man, the myth, the legend there. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. uh, Zach, who's your other two? All right, so my other two were funny enough. Armand Mike Williams, uh, wide receiver, forty nine, one hundred and twenty five overall, and get him in the mid tenth round. And Miles Gaskins, the running back, 21, 46 overall, late round three. I thought about I thought about doing Gaskins too, but I ended up doing somebody different. Gaskins is a potential super right as well, a super swipe. Yeah, although I, just, I used mine on Palmer, but I'm I just, just saw the uh, I just saw they're talking about maybe using a three headed monster committee there. So that's uh, yeah. that's scary news. Gaskins oh, would be a that. super nope for me. Yeah, if yeah. there's a if there's like a in your face, I'd rather swipe left on you and they get notified that you're a <laughs> yeah. piece of garbage. That's sack swipe right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my other two, I had Odell Beckham Jr. 
at ADP wide receiver 24 in the round 604. So I had OBJ there, kind of the uh, the uh, the old person on Tinder. That's like, why are you on Tinder? This is a young person's game. Why are you Silver 40? Fox. Yeah, I think exactly. that's a swipe left because that offense is going to be running the ball a ton and that defense will keep the lead for him. Like recently divorced and ended up on Tinder. That's OBJ there. Uh, and then my other one I had was Miles Gaskins, AD or Miles Gaskins. Sorry, I was going to do Miles Gaskins. <laughs> I went with the other Miles. I went with Miles Sanders, uh, ADP running back 20 around the round 402, going around guys like uh, Jacobs, Carson Woods, Julio, A Rob, and Evans. Some good names there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, I just looked this up quickly because I was curious. You guys had my heart racing with Claypool news there. Um, what I'm seeing right now for the newest news is minor ankle sprain. So I ain't worried, but maybe you guys might still be minor. Minor is a lot better than what it sounded like. It sounded like he was getting carried off the field. It sounded real bad. So, well, it said he was helped off the field, but came down to a minor ankle sprain. So hopefully he's not being uh, beaked about that in the locker room, but that's that's twice now he's, we've held our breath with Claypool because in the hall of fame game, he fell on the ball and everybody's like, Oh my God, he's Mm -hmm. down. No, yeah. he's lost his breath. He's Canadian. He's tough. He's a crazy Canuck, right? Yeah, let's go with that. Not seeming not so tough. Getting carried <laughs> off by Big Ben and Ebron. Oh, like maybe it's the opposite. Maybe he's able to play through that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So should we wrap this up, fellas? A little uh, hot takes here or what? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Armin, let's hear it. You already gave us like six of them today. Let's hear your number seven <laughs> hot take of the day. I just want to be contrarian. I want people talking about our pod, man. Like, let's go here. Um, I'm going actually really spicy. I think here, um, I wasn't hundred percent convinced with it when I first started thinking about it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because it's probably been a hot take the last two years here. Rashad Penny is going to be fantasy relevant this year. The reason I am saying that is that I'm just, banking and crossing my fingers that he's able to stay healthy this year and the Seahawks want to commit to the run more and it sounds like they might kind of start doing an RBBC approach here and Penny is the number two guy on that depth chart so Carson's still the number one guy but I think Penny could have um, hot take a standalone value this year um and then also Russ does like to pass to the running backs he's showing that more and more um so Penny could have some PPR upside too if he's uh seeing the field as much as I hope he's going to um but yeah spicy hot take there Rashad Penny gonna be fantasy relevant yeah, I happen Chris to agree Carson, with you. let's go I happen to agree with Armand as long as you're playing in the 16 team league I could see some relevance there yeah <laughs> was he yeah, super deep sleeper there three, super, super three deep. games is the most he's played in a season or something like that like chris yeah. carson let's go <laughs> i knew you're gonna say that jordan that's kind of why i wanted to do this one yeah you know what he uh there's been a lot of hype about him and everybody's talking about how injured chris carson is but man Rashad, if there's chris carson's injury prone rashad penny's at like got a permanent hotel stay in a hospital like he's yeah. a guy just can't stay healthy like he yeah i think he's mr irrelevant but but uh, if that go if that becomes an rbbc i might cry i might need somebody <laughs> holding me in the shower there arm because i'm crying crying like you're mentioning there with jarvis landry <laughs> oh man uh zach let's hear yours 
Alrighty. So uh, Zeke Elliott will underperform his current ADP and not finish as an RB1 at the end of the year. Uh, last year, Zeke finished as the running back nine in PPR formats and is currently being drafted as the RB5. Um, last year, he registered his lowest yards per attempt of his career. Um, so this year, he is playing the 25th hardest schedule for running backs, according to Fantasy Pros. With Dak returning from injury, along with Blake Jarwin returning as well, the Cowboys offense could prioritize the passing game much more than last year. Uh, this plus having a defense that gave up the 28th most points in the year last year, Zeke may have fewer opportunities. And by that, I mean, if they are continually um, playing catch up in the second half, the Cowboys might be forced to pass to catch up in the score and less likely to give Zeke uh, touches to wind down the clock. Um I can easily see Zeke being surpassed by the likes of Barkley, if healthy, uh, Taylor, Eckler, Gibson, and Jones, all guys that are currently being drafted after him. Yeah, maybe Nick Chubb too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one might make me cry because he's a guy I'm targeting late in the first round as well, but. I know. I think Armin, you had a take similar to that too. I know yours about Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously, Armin agrees with this one as well. Yeah, Zach and I are just in agreement today. We're in cahoots. <laughs> yeah. Especially, especially about uh, Rashad Penny. <laughs> yeah. Just a few <laughs> parameters on that one. On my agreements. Yeah. Are you in a 2016 man league and taking mm-hmm. him in the 20th round? Yeah, he's he's relevant. Yeah. 32 <laughs> team, 10 starter league. Oh man, unreal. Um, okay, so mine's a little bit different than what I've had in the past. Usually I'm talking players or something around those parameters, but I'm talking about draft positions. Uh, we're getting to the point of the year where everybody's going to be doing whatever it is that you find find out where you're drafting and then you start doing your mock drafts. And And um, I know in our league, in our, our home league, um, well, maybe not so much my home league anymore. I still, I don't know if I'm going to be in that league anymore here with not working at St. Mary this upcoming year, but um, what they do is they do a uh, pulling out of the hat and then uh, they go from 12, 11, 10, nine, eight, all the way to one. And then you got about a roughly about a 12 hour window where you are allowed to trade your pick. So if they, say, for example, uh, Armin has the three spot and he doesn't want it. And I got the 10, I could swap And last year. I think somebody paid 40 bucks to swap out of the, swap out of like the 11 spot to the the five spot or something like that i can't remember what it was so like you can trade this two spot yeah to the two spot i yeah because you got saquon <laughs> oh yeah that yeah, worked out real well for him. 40 bucks and you got saquon yeah good draft pick um so if you're in that situation last year i was in the in the three hole and um i was very happy with the three hole i got zeke and then obviously i had a bit of an unfortunate situation there um, but I was very tempted to trade back. And my hot take is that my favorite draft spot is the end of the first this year. It's a little bit different because there's so much value in that early third round where those, those first couple rounds, uh, you can get some pretty good. So if you start in like the early first, you can get yourself like, uh, let's say Kamara. And then on the turn, you could end up with like a Chris Carson and CEH type turn, or you could go, 
um you can go kamara ceh and then like uh cd lamb or like an Allen robinson or something like that which is a nice start uh, at the but, two three turn right yes yeah but uh personally i like the end of the first because i want as many top tier guys as you can get and uh for personally I think there's a lot of value to be had in those late round running backs that could easily make the jump up into the top five. Uh, like we talked about it already today, the three ADP guys was queued up perfectly for us. Uh, I love all those three guys. And I don't have the cojones to take an Austin Eckler at the 105. I don't. I got to take the, take the big names. And I don't know why it is. If you, have a, if you have a feeling about a guy, take your guy but it just makes it easier when I'm at the back end. And then I get in an extra really good player before anybody else does. Uh, like the prime example right now is uh, Travis Kelsey. There's no chance I'm taking Travis Kelsey at 105, but it's really tempting at the 110, 109, maybe 111. It's really tempting. Okay. So it makes your draft like prepping for the draft a little bit harder because you don't necessarily know who your guy is but you know you're guaranteed to take two of those guys in that range. And I want as many good early picks as I can get. And within the first 20, say even first 20 picks, first 18 picks, you're getting two of those, which sets you up for success. And then even in, even in that, that like four or five turn, um, or sorry, the, the, sorry, the three, four turn, my apology, when it's coming back, there's still some pretty good value in that three, four range too. Like we're talking about guys like, uh, like Amari Cooper right now with the, with the injury concerns, looking at like Mark Andrews in the late fourth uh, in the fifth, maybe you want to little, take him a little bit early ahead of ADP just to claim your shot. There's running backs like uh, Chris Carson that could slide. There's running backs like Montgomery that can slide. Uh, there's, there's lots of value to be had there. So I, I think if you were to pick a position to draft out of, I think I would rather have the late first, maybe not so much in a super flex, but in a single quarterback, I really, really like that late first round uh, draft position. And I, I think, I know there's a lot of people that disagree with me just because it's a lot of like crapshoots. Like last year, uh, if you took Kenyon Drake with your 110 position, uh, you were really chapped about that. So uh, it's a little bit of a gamble, but you, you get more value, I think, there than, uh, than any other draft positions. I agree with that one. And you look at it, you can get Jones and Eckler at that position. Both of them, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, boom, two number one RBs. And then you hammer two like pretty good receivers in that three, four turn. You got a nice yeah. juicy start to your draft. You could end up with Julio Jones and what is it? The fourth round. I think he's lined up in right now. Like if you get close to that. Yeah. You can maybe end up getting like a Mari Cooper and Julio Jones, like as safe as it gets. And then kind of maybe an injury prone, kind of gamble pick but if julio has any sort of like uh juice left him like he has a lot that's a pretty nice start like austin eckler aaron jones for Thielen, there too. yeah like like it's it's not not a bad little position to be drafting out of in, in person especially with how early running backs are going off the board there's no guarantee at the end of the second round you're going to get a running back like all yeah. of the top 16 running backs can go like just in a row if you're a guy that wants to double down and stay, stay, um, stay level, you want to go running back receiver. Maybe you end up taking Tyree kill at 111, and then you get Austin Eckler at 202, or you, or maybe Devonte Adams slides. Like maybe your league is so RB heavy and you get Adams in the end of the first, that's extremely good value. Right. So 
it, you, you can't prep for that because it's all like what's going to happen to you. You can take a lot of mock drafts. So you know, okay, this guy goes, I have these guys available. You can do a little prep work, but I, I like that too. Cause then it's a little bit of like uncertainty and, and you have a little bit more excitement if you can handle it come draft day. Yeah. I, uh, I took that spot last year in our, in our school league and I, I really liked having that spot. I just Would got you, unlucky with who my second round. Yeah, Chubb and Chubb and Julio, right? Yeah. And Julio is sadly injured most of the year, but had I had him all season long, that would have been a pretty formidable duo to start the, to have in the season. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if it just say your favorite draft position, just off the top of your head, so we'll go Zach first, then Armin. favorite draft position, 12 team league. Where are you picking from this year? Probably at 10, 11, nine, 10, 11. Uh, Armin. Yeah. I want to say like 10, because I don't like waiting as long for picks, but uh, you know, like in that back end of the draft, definitely. I agree with you hundred percent, Jordan. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm taking 10, 11. Cause it's, you get, you got to wait a little bit, but there's still like, like I said, those top 16 picks, I think is kind of where you want to be. And if you're anywhere in that 10, 11, 12 spot, you're getting two of the top 16. So I think, yeah. I think I agree at the 10 spot. It's a little bit of a wait. You got six picks you pick, and then you got to wait six. And you kind of hold your breath a little bit if one of those guys come back to you. So maybe even the 11 spot might be a little more juicy, but, <laughs> but then you're, you're always kind of waiting a little bit long. That's the, the problem is when you get to those late rounds in those spots, you kind of got to take your guys, right? Cause you can't like play the game. If are they going to get back? They're probably not. Cause you're waiting at some points like 20 picks, right. Or, or 22 yeah. picks. They're probably not coming back to you. So you, yeah. Sometimes you have to reach and you got to be comfortable with that. Do your research. If you're in those late spots or even in the early spots of the draft, um, do your research, make sure you know who you want to reach for, because you will have to do some reaching for some of the guys you want. Yeah, absolutely. Anything, uh, anything left to mention your fellas before they wrap this bad boy up? This, this was a fun one. I uh, actually enjoyed this one. It came up on our ideas pretty late and, and Zach approached us with this idea and we're like, Hey, that actually sounds like a lot of fun. And it's a different way of talking about lots of different players and lots of different draft positions. And, and you guys can obviously create your own ideas on these players right just because we say we like or dislike them you're making your own decisions obviously we all had different opinions on certain players why we liked them why we didn't like them and Armin's team he would draft is different than mine or different than Zach's right that's we all have our own opinions and you kind of stand on the guys you like but we obviously pitch nine and then a rapid fire additional six at the end there for you to kind of ponder about at their ADP and that's kind of the idea in this next couple of weeks that we get into the draft season to give you some guys to think about and uh, whether you want to take them. And then it's just adding a little bit of prep to you guys to be successful in this upcoming season. So uh, that'll do it for episode number 15 next week. Uh, we'll be coming with episode number 16. We'll be looking at some breakout candidates, ADP guys that we're all over. And then to wrap up as well with our, our, uh, our guys that we're putting our stamp of approval on that we will not leave the drafts without. So uh, stay tuned for that one. And then also uh, we'll be releasing the names of the people in our draft uh, that episode as well. And kind of giving a little feature about those individuals as well too. So stay tuned for that. So uh, same as usual, uh, like, and subscribe to us, uh, hit the bell on YouTube, uh, like, and share our accounts on the uh, podcast platforms on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously give us a, give us a like, share, uh, follow on all of our social media platforms at 306 FFB. So on behalf of Armand and Zach and myself, the whole 306 football group here, thank you very much for listening and we'll uh, see you guys on episode number 16. Take care, everybody. Talk soon.